Welcome to the Man in the Mirror show. Today is Friday, and we are having technical difficulties. So I am hoping that our listening audience can definitely hear me and that the show must go on. So we are waiting for our fearless leader to handle some difficulties with the studio today. But while I'm here and have you all, hopefully you all can hear me. And I am welcoming you to Man in the Mirror. We are glad that you've joined us this evening. And as we wait for Hezekiah, I think it would be a good idea to open up in prayer. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. Lord God, we thank you for all that you're doing. Lord God, we thank you for all blessings. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, even in this moment, Lord, during our technical difficulties. Lord God, we pray that the audience can hear us, Lord God, that the show is going on. Lord God, we thank you for how you're working it out right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord. Lord God, we just ask, Lord God, that you bless this evening's show, Lord God. Lord God, that you just open up and anything that we need to hear, Lord God, you're allowed to be brought forth in the name of Jesus, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for all things. We thank you for all blessings. Lord, we just ask you to bless our host tonight, Hezekiah. And even myself, Lord God, bless our listening audience so that everything and anything that they might hear might be a blessing to them and so that they are able to go forward, Lord God, and move and do your will and live in their purposes, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for all of these things, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Am I on? Can ah, you hear me? There he is. <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, this devil is a liar. Just having one of those days where everything just decides to act up. It's always good to have something you can back up on. And I appreciate you in the show for um, getting the show started while I'm dealing with technical issues on my end. The devil is a liar, but that's okay. Because that, that's yeah. his job. That's what he does. You know, he tries to, you know, throw us up, throw us out, get us all messed up. But it's okay. That is okay. All right. Um, well, now that we got that out the way, we definitely got out of the way. Um, today, our show is about my brother is the least of these. I'll say that again. My brother is the least of these. And since Michelle did all the formalities and getting the show started, I'm going to mm-hmm. pe- you're going to probably say, what is he talking about? Well, um, here's a little bit about the show for those who are just joining us. It says Baltimore City just did their pit count. And a lot of people ask me this week, what is pent? Point in time count of the homeless in Baltimore City. It's a count of those who are on the streets, homeless, in our city. When I hear about, when I hear, I was truly astonished. When I heard about this and its outcome, I was truly astonished. Our new mayor, Catherine Pugh, says she's going to to work hard to at lower range the population of homeless in Baltimore City. And I truly commended her for that. After what I saw for myself on the news and on the streets, we always wonder why is we always ask this why is this person homeless? And then we ask the question, is it any of our business? Many people will come and say, Well, it's not my business, you know. Well, I beg to differ. The answer to the question is yes. Why? Because we are commanded to take care of the least of these. We did a show similar to this a while ago, coming from the same scripture of Matthew 25, 31 to 46. Christ was very explicit when he spoke on this in the Bible. It, t- it titled, his title was The Sheep and the Goats. It says that when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will separate the people from one another as shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. You see, the shepherd are his followers. That's us. We call the pastor the shepherd, and we are the sheep. 
as the followers of Christ because he is the shepherd. Next, we have the goats. Basically, after research, goats look similar to sheep, and sometimes it's hard to recognize them, but the goats don't follow anyway. They go on their own way. And that is basically what we are talking about tonight because, um, you know, when I did that pit count, like, you know, when I was working with them, I was talking to them, like, what is going on? When I seen what was going on, I was astonished. I'm like, wow, is this really going on in our city? I didn't know, and I'm going to read to you explicitly so we know it's scripture. I'm going to read to you explicitly what, Matthew 25, 31 to uh, 46 says, When the Son of Man comes in in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, You are blessed blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whenever you did, did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are, who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger needing clothes or sick and in prison and, and, and did not help you? He replied, he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of those you did not do for me. Then they will then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. What do you think about that, Michelle? Well, I think that has a lot of meaning for where we are right now today. And it was so funny because today uh my uh job had a uh, event and it was in keeping with the Martin Luther King thing because we know this month was uh, Martin Luther King's birthday month and the month that we celebrate him. Well, to, yes, today's the month. This month is the month that we celebrate him. And so we chose um, to do the, the event today. And this same thing was going throughout the room. Is actually um, they they wanted us to have, which was a great idea, to have like these table roundtable discussions uh, right in the event. So we listened to some quotes, we um, talked about him, we sang some some songs, like lift every voice and sing. Like it was really nice. And one of the things that they asked us to do is just sit around uh, in a roundtable with people near you and discuss um, these topics they gave us in reference to Martin Luther King. And so we were having this discussion and this very thing came up because we were looking at where we are right now today. And this thing is universal. So it applied back then from the scripture that you were reading. 
and it applies now. Am I my am you know, am I really my brother's keeper? And so, you know, we we just really need to be concerned with the people around us. We need to be concerned about their well being. We need to each one of us is like we need to step up and be our brother's keeper, be there for our brother, uh, help our brother. And this could mean our literal brother. It can mean our brother or sister in Christ. It can mean our neighbor. All of that is, is people who are close to us or close in proximity to us and just people who are just other humans that are here and we should have that Christ-like love for each and every person. And we were talking about, you know, how the scripture says to, you know, how we should treat others as, as we want to be treated, not treat others as they treat you. And so that's one of the biggest things that, you know, we really need to take to heart that if we treat each and every person we come into contact with, no matter um, what race they are, what ethnicity, what what um, religion, what um, if they have disabilities, we were talking about all of those things because we wanted to make it plain that it wasn't just about black and white, especially when Dr. King was talking, but it was more so about treating each other as friends and humans and and showing that brotherly love. Amen. Here's a fun fact because I'm gonna get I'm gonna go a little deeper because I did a little research because I'm like, okay, why did they use the difference between sheep and goats? He had to have a reason for that. So I did a re- research and here's a fun fact that I learned. North America, sheep and goats are easily distinguishable due to specialization through breeding. Sheep are fluffy and woolly, goats are not. However, throughout the history and still today in parts of Asia and Africa, sheep and goats are almost identical. And no one but a shepherd, remember that no one but a shepherd can easily tell the difference. So the application here for the parable will be that outward conformity, conformity being part of the herd, it's all that's required of us. There is something that only our shepherd can see in us, and that shepherd is Jesus Christ. And that unseen thing tells God whether we are sheep or goats. It determines whether God sorts us to the left or sorts us to the right. But what is it, okay? The guy goes on. I heard that sheep have a reputation for being stupid and just sort of worthless. Okay, that's that's a bummer for us because you know, as human beings, as people, you know what they do. What they say, God blesses with the babes and fools. Because sometimes we just, <laughs> as humans, we do stupid things. You know, we just do dumb things. Then we go, now why did I do that? But we just, you know, we go doing one thing. God told us to go do this. He says, Hezekiah, do this. Hezekiah may like, I want to do it that way. I want to do it this way. But God knows what's best for us. And then he'll say, we'll go left when he told us to go right. Okay, so, you know, so, you know, sometimes we just do, you know, sheep do dumb things. However, again, the sheep of today are much different than sheep as they were, as were created. Again, they have been bred in such a way as to produce fluffier, Dumber sheep, but but they are and have always been dependent on their shepherd and and defenseless. Goats, on the other hand, have a reputation of being independent, opinionated, and curious at best, or vulgar, dangerous, and destructive at worst. So let's put this okay. So let's put this in a human being. We have humans that are just those. Opinionated, independent, curious, some are vulgar, some are very destructive. So, you know, you know, that you know, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, now that I need to, you know, now that I'm understanding because how can you say, okay, how can you put people as sheep and goats? When sheep and goats are animals. But, you know, when I look heard this perspective and look at this perspective, I'm like, okay, 
I'm getting a little understanding. And here's another thing. Here are some fun quotes about goats from a livestock forum. If you have goats in your horse, and with your horse, they will chew off his tail. His dad described goats as Jack Russell's with hooves. If your fence won't hold water, it won't hold a goat. So, you know, it's just saying that's how goats are. They don't care. But, you know, if a person sees a person in need, getting back to our topic, now we see a lot of people going, you know, in need. We see a lot of people that need help. It may not be monetary. It may be just saying a helping hand. It may be, you know, um, I can't even get her name down. You know, the young lady comes on and she says, you are your brother's keeper. Whatever we can do, we are there. We are supposed to go and help our brother. As Michelle said earlier, the question is always going to be, well, is it my business? Yes, it is. You know, why? Because God, you know, if God helped us, who are we not to help other people? Who are we not to help other people? I like the example that Jesus used prior to that in the, um, in the um, scripture. He used uh, the Good Samaritan. We all know the good story of the Good Samaritan, right? So as we're, you know, as we read, and I'm going to bring that up, so we, you know, so we definitely know what Scripture says about it. Um, we had three people that came by somebody, 25, Luke 10, 25 to 37. Three people came by, only one stopped. Somebody was in need. That could have been a homeless person. It could have been somebody, but it was somebody that was in need. But in our society, we get so busy. We say, well, that's none of my business. Well, I'm not saying, I'm talking about everybody from, as my pastor would say, from the pulpit to the door. That's everybody. We, you know, we have to see, okay, is it for me to do this or should I let someone else do it or should I don't care? Because I know we live in a self-centered society in the show. So we have several ways of looking at it. And the parable of the Good Samaritan, and Jesus starts off saying, on one occasion, the expert of the law stood up to Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in our law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Ah, good question. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. That is those goats. I'm just going to say it. He wanted to justify himself. And he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, okay. So, Michelle, a priest is somebody in the church, right? Right. Am I right? Correct? You know, a high leader in the church. So I, and it's kind of funny how Jesus, you know, I'm, like God's giving it's kind of funny how he said the first person who came by was a priest. So a priest happened to be going down the same road. So this priest was going through the same thing but going the same way. And when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. Was he his brother's keeper? No. In his mind, he wasn't. I mean, I'm a high official. I don't have to do this. I have people to do this for me. And, you know, I can maybe call somebody, get on my cell phone, call somebody or send somebody back. But he passed on the other side. So, too, T-O-O. So, like another, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by the other side. So, someone else came by and went on and went to the other side. Hmm. But a Samaritan. Now we know our history that the Samaritan weren't people that were liked. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, 
he took pity on him. He had compassion. He went to him and banished his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, which is expensive now, back then. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. To him he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to this man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law, the high official, uh, you know, the one who has many doctors and degrees. And he just said, the one who had mercy on him. <clears throat> mercy. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. What do you think about that, Michelle? I think that we would be a lot better off if there was more of that today. We we are in a society right now where if some people would happen upon someone getting mugged or someone getting hurt in the street, they would turn a blind eye or excuse me turn a, turn away and say i didn't i didn't see anything because we have now become a, a society that lives one we live in fear which we're not supposed to live in fear and two you know the lord has not given us a, fit, a spirit of fear but also we we do this thing where well it's not my business and you were you were saying that earlier about people, you know, asking themselves, Oh, is it my business? But what we what we really need to realize is that, you know, if we are truly people of God or we're saying that we are people of God and we're supposed to care about everyone who crosses our path. We're supposed to love everyone who crosses our path. No matter how they respond to us, that's not our responsibility to regulate how anyone responds to us. Our responsibility is to regulate how we respond and what we do. Amen. And so it's not about the other people. It's about you doing what, what God has told you to do and you living that living that life of of Christ-like love, the agape love for your brother, which is every human on this earth is your brother. Every human on this earth Mm -hmm. is your neighbor. And so we need to really change how we think. Uh, This this separatist attitude is, you know, most people are like, well, I'm just trying to survive. I'm going to mind my business and, you know, do what." do what I needed to do for me. And that's that attitude of selfishness that you were talking about when we are overly concerned about me, 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 what's going to happen to me. I'm worried about me. I have to take care of me to the point that it overshadows us being uh, of help to anybody else. And so that's something we really need to think about and consider. Amen. I agree 100% with you because the title is My Brother Is. He is the least of these. And Jesus was very explicit the way he explained it. And even in that, you know, even in the parable of the Good Samaritan, you you know, you we have high, we have priests, we have, you know, we have church leaders. We can put in the word church leader came by and passed. Pass him because many church leaders, I'm going to say it, be honest, church leaders do the same thing because if they did it, there's nothing new under the sun. If they did it back then, they do it today. They say it's not my responsibility. Okay. Well, I have 4,000 members. I can have someone else come and take care of it. Okay. You know, so, but, you know, I'm the, I am the bishop. That is not my job to do it. Okay. But <laughs> Shepherd takes on a whole a whole thing. You're listening live with Man and Mary, with your host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. We are discussing my brother is the least of these. We're talking about what's going on in the city of Baltimore right now, but what's going on completely in the world. 
you know, people are, people are so self-centered that when people, when someone is in trouble, like the Good Samaritan, three people came by, but only one stopped. The one who was the least, you would think, the one that people didn't even like, that was the one that stopped. The ones that would should have stopped, the priests, he didn't stop. The next person didn't stop. They should have stopped, at least to say, okay, what can I do for you? But the one that had compassion on him, the one that was very humble and very, very humble was the Samaritan, the one that, you know, back then, they didn't like the Samaritans, but it was the Samaritan that came to the rescue. You can call in at 917-889-2271, log in at www.blogtalkradio.com, forward slash man dash n dash the mirror, uh, number one on your phone. If you have um, any comments, and since this is an awful one, you know, we can continue. We're going to continue this talk because I have much more that I did some research on later on. I think we do have a caller. We can take this caller in the show before we go on our break and then do some. If the caller wants to stay online, we can still do some more talking after that. But I'll let you take care of that. All right. Well, we have a caller ending in number 3504. Again, caller ending in number 3504. Welcome to Man in the Mirror. Praise the Lord. Can you hear me? Yes. Praise the Lord. You can tell us why. How y'all doing? Ah, oh, great. Hey, Deke, how you doing? That's my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a, I got a special invite. I had to call in. A special uh, cold thing came in today, and I was like, oh, man, this brother wanted me to call. You really? <laughs> Amen. 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 But, um... <laughs> But um, what you talk about is, is true. You you said so much there in in, in your first segment there, and, and it's true. And well, let me I'll, I'll go this because like, you know me, I like to call out the, the folk who claim the church because as Christians, as folk, we have to get out. Uh, we definitely have to get out of that religious spirit and understand what God called us on this earth to do, and that serving and and, and reaching out for our brothers and sisters. That all is is what He said. We have to. People have to see us as a resource, see us as a place to the love and how we treat the stranger, how we treat that, how we treat those that are least of these. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a time, there's a place for, for outreaching and doing, but we have to definitely be a presence in the church, you know, I mean, in the community. And the church is each one of us. I know you called out a couple of bishops and a couple of apostles and archbishops <laughs> here for a while, but I want to call I want to call out the, the focus on the pew. If you come to faith, if you understand what God has called you to do, you understand the commission, the make com- the mission. I'm sorry, and the great commission, and how we are to serve the least of these. And you, you don't, you don't have to wait for your your shepherd. You, you should be able to know. You should know. You should, you should get an unction from the Holy Spirit within you to take care of someone else. I mean, recently there's, there's a lot of outreach going on, and we sometimes we have to take this stuff personal. You know, the church as a, as a group. That the body of Christ is one thing, but I think we have to take it personal in our spirit. Who are we when we pray? Who are we? What is God saying to us? How can we help? You know, it's some folk, I I could call out some folk right now, you know. You see homeless people on the street. You see people with cardboard signs, and and, because we're in Baltimore, and and I've been down there. I know. Well, I don't live here, but you know. But we see it everywhere. Glen Bernie, Millersville, Crofton. D.C., we see them, but what, what's, what is our first reaction? Do we have compassion? And I think that's the word we need to be, should be synonymous with the, with the body of Christ, with Christianity, is compassion. Because we don't know what folk have gone through and how they ended up there. We want, sometimes we want to criticize and all these other things in our spirit. Now, we don't say it out loud because we're good Christians. We don't speak it out loud, but in our hearts, <laughs> and God knows our heart. When we see these folks, right. and but what are we are we doing? And then are we on purpose about it? You know, there was a thing out recently in um in a ministry that you know prepare yourself. You're going to run into homeless. You're going to run into someone who's going to ask for something. Prepare yourself to kill. You know, like the Good Samaritan. That man, you know, with the with the parable, the Good Samaritan. You know, he had extra. He he was prepared. You know, because and, and when he saw, he had the resource to do something to help him. 
And and then my other thing when you were telling me that it came to my mind, the good Samaritan was able to tell the innkeeper, take care of it, and when I come back, I'll take I'll I'll make it up to you. That's called having a good re- good reputation in the community. Now us in the body of Christ, do we have a good reputation in the community that people know wow. that we're gonna do what we say and say what we do? Mm. I'm gonna let you go right there, bro, because I know you got a break wow. coming up. But I'll let that meditate. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know what? You amen, amen, amen. Any comments before the break, Nishal? Because I know you got something coming up. Oh, <laughs> no. I was or are you going to wait to after the break? Yeah, yeah, I'll wait. That was really good, yeah. Okay. You're listening live with Man and Mirror with your host, Jessica Montgomery, and Coach Michelle Johnson, and our great friend on the line, Brother Deacon. Thomas Farr of Issues Christian Men Talk that he has a show on. And I, you know, we're just talking about my brother is the least of these because Jesus did say, whomever you did it to, for, or about, you did, you're basically, you're doing it for me because we are representations of Christ. When we help someone else, we're, we're doing it. We have done it to and for Christ. We're going about to take our break. We have a couple um, sponsors to um, add to this evening for supporters, Music Instruction for All Learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons and instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 to set an appointment to talk with our instructors. And also please join us on January 29, 2017, as we do our 12 and 12, 12 churches in 12 months. We are doing 12 mini recitals in 12 months in 12 churches. Get it? 12 and 12 in 2017. Our first church will be Four Life Ministries located at 1000 Brantley Avenue, Baltimore, Maryland, 21217. Come and support us as we bring awareness of our program to the community. The program will begin promptly at 4 p.m. and at 5. And remember, music instruction for our learners, where music knows no age. Another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project. We're going to take our break. And let's remember, through everything that we go through, he reigns. Will you clap your hands right here? Come on. My God reigns. With power and majesty, power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. Sing it again with power, with power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. Come on, let's go right here. Oh, my God. 
Johnson, as we are discussing, my brother is the least of these. You can call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror. We had our friend on and he's still on, but you know we'll let him comment it whenever he wants to. But Deacon Thomas Farr from Issues Christian Men Talk, because me and him go way back now. I've been uh, been doing this thing for about two years plus right now. Uh, we met a couple of years ago through Maria Wall, our mentor, and we've been you know helping each other out ever since. But Michelle, I want to bring up something also, and Deacon Farr may think you know I did continue my research. You know when we talk about goats, he says, however, goats don't follow anyone. A herd of goats go where it wants, and the gathered followers behind, instead of grazing goats, browse, foraging in whatever strikes their fancy. So that tells us that if we are allowing ourselves to be led, being sensitive to the pull of God's spirit and following the path of our shepherd, we are sheep. If we are headstrong, going our own way, and pulling back against God's spirit, we are God's spirit, we are goats. So the thing that God sees in his sheep is a gentle and yielded spirit. They trust their shepherd. They follow his voice. On the other hand, no pun intended, the goats have a spirit of defiance, self-will, and independence from God's involvement in their lives. So, you know, you see when, when we're sheep, you know, we want to follow the voice of, we want to follow the voice of the master. But when we're goats, we yield to our own spirit. Any comments, Michelle? Well, <laughs> I don't wait. I don't want to be a goat necessarily. Uh, but I think that one of the things that we need to keep in mind is that we're to be imitators of Christ. And so that doesn't make us less than, you know, we, people feel like, well, what about me? Or what about, you know, what I want to do and things like that. But we have to realize that, and, and I'm just being honest, I'm being real. You know, this was some of the discussion that I was talking about earlier that we were having today. And my thing is, you know, can't we be us in Christ? If we're us in Christ, then we're still carrying out his will where we can keep our personality, we can we can keep the, the things that make us unique people, but why aren't we using that for Christ? Why aren't we using that to bless our brother and sister? And so that's what we need to be concerned about, the followers, and, and you were talking about how people look at, at sheep. I'm not so concerned about that as the fact that we are supposed to be followers of Christ. And so we just need to be those kind of of uh, sheep that follow him, even though we're, we're individual people. 
He, God made us individuals. God knows that we're individuals. He made us, you know, with all the personality that we had and all the things that we had that are different from each other. But we're still one in the body of Christ, and we need to be loving one another and following in that example that Christ has set for us. Amen, amen, amen. Let me um, bring up something that we actually talked about earlier as well. And, you know, one thing about I love about Christ is he will go out and come after us. He will go out and come after us. It's the parable of the lost sheep. And we talked about this in a couple of shows and episodes. I'm going to bring it up again. Because as leaders, as apostles, as prof, you know, prophets, as disciples, Anyone who is a leader is a shepherd. Now, if you choose this role, choose this role, you know, choose this, you let the role choose you, but you don't choose this role. Because I'm going to read another scripture that actually, you know, makes you really think about before you choose that role. You can't pick and choose what you're going to do. Because Jesus in, the, um, in Luke 15, 4, the parable of the lost sheep, then Jesus told them, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and loses one of them and does not leave the 99 in the pasture and go after that one that is lost until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Now, you know, the sheep get lost. We lose things. Sheep get lost. People get lost. You know, if that person is lost, I got 99 followers right now. Do I need to go after that one, Michelle? You know, if I yeah. got 99, I had one, I had one that decided he's going to be a knucklehead. He's just going to go wander off. And But should I be concerned about that one? I still got 99. Still got 99. Do I need to go back after that one? Is that one that important? I understand. Is that one that important? Amen. Everyone, each one, everybody is important. And I'm actually going to bring Deacon Farr in, if you don't mind, and we can have a little discussion, a few minutes discussion about this. Deacon, Deacon Farr, are you still there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Uh, so, what, you know, what, yes. Uh, what about these, these, you know, some of these leaders, which we talked about before, that may have 4,000? <laughs> They have more than 99. They got about four, you know, they got a couple hundred. But they got that one knucklehead that decides he ain't going to pay attention and he don't need to do, you know. And that's, this is this is this goes on every day. So I'm just keeping it real. I mean, is Amen. that one person, regardless of what they're going through, are they just as important as that 99 or that 300? You got, what, 200, you got 399,000 already? But you just don't want to go after that one. Well, you know it, 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 what it is, bro. <laughs> what it is, it, it, it again. It goes back to us. It goes back to as as, as believers. You know, the one ninety nine. I know. I didn't mean, you know, we we call out leaders sometimes, but then what are we doing in the body? Is the person, you know, because I like I always like to keep my faith personal, because what are we doing for that person that we minister to, and they still doing what they doing? What are we still doing to the person that you know you minister to them, you do stuff, you you you, you feed them, you 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 give them money, you 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 know you you probably do Bible study with them or all these things you're praying for them, but it seems like they're not they're not changing in your eyes. But that could be God working on them. But God is looking for us to be faithful. So with that, when I hear that ninety nine, that means if, if there's two things I get. It's, it's that we need to understand every person is important to God and we have to see every person important to God. Now, no matter what their status is, socioeconomic, ethnic, you know, whatever, no matter where they are in their life, God is that they're important to God. They need to be important to us. So when we are, are we willing to go after the, that one after we have the 99? You know, are we willing to be consistent? Are we willing to stay in people's lives or for the long haul? You know, because it used to be a thing we go out and do evangelism. We want to get, you know, we want to get 25 people in the church in the next 16, 60 days, you know. 
but it, it might take right. that, it might take longer to be able to because some mm-hmm. folk, folk right now are looking at the church and they're looking at it. Unfortunately, they see the church and, and they're skeptical. So it's going to be a while before they even open up before they receive. They want to see how y'all going to act because you can you can keep a, you can keep a, 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 what's the word I want to use you can keep a facade up for only so long, and people now are are, are, are perceptive to that. So we have to be consistent in what we're doing. We can go after that ninety nine. That means that means God is faithful and consistent. He knows he's there, and he's continuing to do things to move us, even us in the church. Because, again, if we're honest with ourselves, there's some stuff that God still needs to work on us. You know, people see us and they know, and think we got it all together, but we know, again, what's in our heart that we struggle with. And you like tonight you're talking about, you know, compassion. But what do we do when we help? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not even with a stranger because it's a stranger, and then there's folk in our family and our circle of influence that consistently keep doing the same stuff. And how do we feel about them? Do we start not taking their calls, letting their stuff go to voicemail, not answering their texts, and because we try to hear it? And that's where we have to be honest and look at what God has called us to be when we talk about that having that compassion. So, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's us. It's me. It's you, too. I'm sorry. I didn't call you a lot. Don't cut me off. Don't cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, we, we we do. We have to. We have to be honest where we are and what we want to do. And again, it takes it takes the love of God. It takes the it takes the power of the, the power of God, the Holy Spirit within us to be able to do these things and have this compassion. Because it's because our flesh is not our flesh, like you. I think you said it in the first segment earlier. Selfishness is in all of us, and that's and that's a battle. Because when we talk about compassion, and my brother, the least of these, it's selfishness. What are we willing to sacrifice? I mean, you know, the new definition for love sometimes needs to be we love someone because we're willing to sacrifice and suffer for them. So where are we at with that? What do you say? You're right. And um, I I wrote a lot of that in my book, that we live in a self-centered society. Am I going to help that person? Am I going to show love? Because, you know, we can you know, we want people to love us just the way we want. We should love others just the way we want people to love us. And as we said in the beginning of the show, we don't know what that person went through. We don't know how they got to where they're at. We don't know what they're going through right now. But the easiest thing you can show anyone, everybody think it's hard. Folks, you may, you may not want to tune in. You may get mad at me. But showing love is not hard. You ain't got to have a million dollars. You ain't, you know, you ain't got to have a thousand dollars, but you can just show your love and compassion to anyone with a smile. You know, mm-hmm. if someone asks you an easy question, some people don't want to ask questions out in the middle of the street. If someone asks you a question, you just keep walking by. Or someone in a grocery store needs your help. That's showing love. These are the least, because that's showing love and compassion. You know, you never know when you're going to need it. You may be high right now, but every dog is that, uh, as I said, every dog has their day. So we all have our day when we are just down and out. So, you know, with this whole concept of are we our brothers, you know, my brother, we are our brother's keeper because he's the least of these. God wants us to love them all, love everyone that we come in contact with. And just as Deacon Farr said, you know, just because we're in a pew, that don't that doesn't count count us out. Because a lot of us get in church, and after that, we don't do anything, don't do anything else. Whatever we learn, we don't. You know, we have to show whatever we are taught, as that shepherd teaches us. We are to go out and use those words that whatever that message was. We have to meditate upon that message. We'll take that message out and show others that we can bring others into the church. If we can't bring them into the church, at least we, through them seeing us, we can put the church in them because people think that the church is a building. The church is not a – the church is a building, but the church is actually in us because if a church falls down, people going to stop going to church. No, they're just going to find somewhere else to, you know, to worship. You can worship in your basement. Some churches start off in their basement. You can worship in your house. You know, the church is just a structure where you meet, but the Lord of God and the church is in us. Any comments, Michelle? You know, I just wanted to say that we we just really need to challenge ourselves 
and you know this this year I've been about challenge challenges. <laughs> so, you know, we need to challenge ourselves. We need to look in that mirror and really look at how we treat other people, how we talk to other people, what we do for other people, and look at that and see how we can be better. Don't don't just, you know, let it stop where you are right now. We can be better. We can do more for those that we love, for our neighbors, for our friends, for strangers. We can do more. And so I just challenge our listening audience to do that, to look at all that they've been doing and see how they can do even more and be even better and be even even better brothers and sisters to those that are around us every day. You know, it can be something as simple as, you know, when you go to work, just smile and say hi to everybody when you see them. You know, it, it's the weirdest thing. I don't know if you have, if you ever noticed, but when you're in a job and you walk through, some people say hi, <laughs> some people don't. Some people have have a weird look on their face, and you don't know whether to say hi or not to say hi. Like it's just the weirdest thing. But we're all in this same building together, and we're gonna be here for like the right. next eight to ten hours. And it's amazing to me that we can. I'm just being honest. Like I, I think it's the oddest thing. And we walk the hallways, and we look stare at each other, and don't know whether to say hi. Like that's really bad. So you know, just challenge yourself just there, just to speak to everybody, to smile, bring some joy to someone's day because you don't know what they're going through or what's going on. There may be a reason they had that strange look on their face and, and that they may not say hi to you today, but just be kind to them. And you may be a blessing to them just in that little bit, but don't stop there because mm-hmm. we can do more. We can give more. So, you know, that's my challenge to our listening audience. Right. So you're saying the challenge is be a blessing to someone. Like you said, the simplest thing we can do is smile. Say good morning. How are you doing? You know, they, you know, some people need that interaction with, you know, especially on a job. You know, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. I got 100 people in this building and nobody wants to smile and everybody walking through. No, we got one more day. You know, I got to be here eight, nine hours and we got those looks on our face like we just trying to get our work done and get out of here. But the easiest, the hardest, it takes more muscles to frown than it takes to smile. I think it's like 27 or so muscles to smile and takes a lot more, you know, to frown or not even smile. So, yeah, so we, we, you know, we have to show the God in us every day. Is it easy? No. You know, but guess what? He never said it was going to be easy, but he said he'll help us through it. And um, you know we, you know, since you're on here with us tonight, Deacon Far, you, you know, you got You have any more remarks? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it, I mean, we're touching on it, and, and you, I think sometimes these are the conversations we need to have. I mean, we need to, you know, we need to encourage one another in some of the things we get. We find ourselves sometimes in spiritual ruts. That's why, you know, your show and, and, and other shows and the reader show. It, these are the things that, you know, for folk who listen, it, you know, because you remember, you know, what is it, what's the stats, 60% of the people who listen will never call in. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. we, right. I mean, we just, we just have to be able to, you know, we have to encourage folk because these are the things, you know, I, I'll say this, you know, if, again, it, it goes back to are we reading the Word of God, receiving the Word of God, and are we open to the Holy Spirit to do what God has called us to do? And do we have the love? Again, are we willing to sacrifice first in our homes and our houses, and then our, you know, our circle of influence? Because it starts small. Because if you can't, if you don't have patience with your children, your spouse, your mama, your daddy, or whoever, you can't. You really, you can't do nothing with nobody else. But then it starts there. And then, and, another, and the other thing with the, with, uh, I just thought of something to ninety nine is, you know, we never know what God is doing with people. Down the generations, I'm old enough to know there was folk back in the '70s you wouldn't think for nothing. In the '80s, they got it halfway together. In the '90s, they was on crack, and now in 2000, 
they're serving God. So, I mean, I'm just being real, you know. And but we we don't know how what we could say to them can hurt them, encourage them, no matter in their worst circumstance. Because it's about what they can, what God God's going to use them. And then the other thing is we have to look at ourselves and we don't know what God can use us for. Once we become obedient to Him and start to apply some of the scriptures, and and, and don't make stop making scripture cliche, and and cute, and you know it, you know that that's just where I'm at with it, and what I try to share with and encourage brothers and men and, and folk in the, in my circle. But we need to take the Word of God and try to start to apply it in our lives, and then make it real. And the compassion part with the way the culture, society, all these things. You know, it's, it, you know, some. I think some of us Christians in our church, we have to look at ourselves and see what we're really doing. Because some churches have turned into um, fraternities and sororities and street gangs and whatever. You have to do, you have to do, you have to pay your dues and pay your back dues and you got to make sure you come three times a week, three times a week to make sure you are, make sure you're a member, just to be a member now. Then once you're in that level right. of membership, then to get to the level, you got to do some other stuff to get to but. That's not how the church. That's not what the church is about. Right. Get those bring them in, send them out, and affect the culture in the world. You know. And again, if we go back to scripture, if Paul and Peter didn't go, where would Christianity be today? And that's that's scripture. If you look at the book of Acts, if they didn't go, I'd leave Jerusalem. Where would Christianity be? But they were obedient to what God said, and each of us needs to know this is what God is saying for us to do. What do you think, sir? Ma'am? Oh, I, I definitely agree because, you know, again, like you said, if they didn't go, everything would just be in that one place. But like he told he said, go in the into all the world. He didn't just say stay in our church. He wants us to go all over and like, you know, Nichelle is a representative on her job, you're a representative on my job, your job, I'm a representative on my job. We are all representations of Christ, you know, and uh, a smile can help someone's day. You know, you know, where you work, you can help someone's day by just doing what you're doing. So being a representation means that we are planting seeds wherever we go because we don't know where those seeds are going to go, but some are going to fall on soft ground, hard ground, and some are just going to be rooted. But as long as we do our part in planting those seeds, then God will take care of the rest. Amen. And um, I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening in on our um, discussion this evening. Next time someone comes to you and says, I'm not my brother's keeper, you'll know what to say. We are our brother's keeper. Thank you, guys. Thank you, um, Deacon Farr, for tuning in this evening and helping us out tonight. And um, this is Hezekiah Montgomery signing off. And we'll see you at the mirror.